1: This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal Constitution here with the 338th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. We're just a little bit of time out from the start of training camp. Perfect time for us to take a look at the defense. We're going to call this episode the master plan for the defense in 2022. Now, we know there's a lot of ground to be made up, and uh, we're going to spend some time with head coach Arthur Smith from our one-on-one with him discussing the defense. You know, Grady Jarrett was resigned. You got some pieces over there. Grady Jarrett got the extension. You got A.J. Terrell, who looks like a future star. You got a couple young safeties that might be football players. I really like the Jalen Hawkins kid. Uh, Richie Grant, they can get him on the right page there with Dean Pease. Perhaps you got something there, uh, and a veteran cornerback Casey Hayward. So we're not going, you know, mix it all up. But they got, has have some thing They have some talent over there to work with on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, and uh, with that, we're gonna we're gonna take a look at the front. We're gonna look at the defensive line, linebackers, outside, inside. And the cornerbacks and the safeties, uh, and then uh, we're gonna wrap up with a quick uh, special teams Looks a little hard to do special teams in the off season. I mean, you know your main people—the punter, the kicker, uh, you know—or and the long snapper. But we don't—we're you know, not sure who those two of those three are gonna be. So uh, you know, we don't know the gunners and and all that kind of good stuff. A lot of the coverage units and, and so forth. So the Falcons um, will be putting that all together when they get uh, together for training camp starting on July the 26th. Now, another good thing for you all this year, go ahead and Google, um, you know, you put in Falcons practice schedule, Falcons open practices, comma, AJC.com. So, you know, the AJC story comes up and um, you're going to have 13 chances to go to practices this year. And then uh, the New York and New Jersey fans will have uh, two hits up that way when the Falcons go uh, up to New Jersey. I don't know exactly where they're going. I know the Jets go to Park. I don't know if they're practicing at Meadowlands. I don't know where we'll get that. You know, we'll get that for you. But you got two practices up there also. So let's, uh, without further ado, let's move on to looking at the defense here. But also, let's start with Coach. Uh, Arthur Smith and the uh, you know about one of the first things I asked Coach Smith before we got into his thoughts on each position is how he will handle the off-season workouts and uh, try to get everyone ready. As far as the strength and conditioning program was, uh, what was the focus for? Uh, I know everybody, probably had individual goals, but what was they do. the fo- overall
0: focus for, for trying to get the team? Uh, sure, I mean guys that are that guys that are here, you know, there's a, there's a lot of good. Um, outlets for guys, and, and, and that's part of the part of the, I guess, would you want to say the, the climate of professional football? So mm-hmm. everybody's got different ways they want to prepare. The guys that are here with our program, uh, we certainly customize it to where guys are at certain points in their career. Certain things they need to work on and strength training, or modifications on certain things mm-hmm. of guys that are as they age, and um, you may have to modify some things, but being smart and still. You know, training to get ready to go. Because in the, the day, you're you're training to get ready to play a football season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it helps when you're strong, it helps when you're and you're, you're fast, and you're in shape. So those are all the things that that part of the uh-huh. the business, the objective hasn't changed. Maybe some of the methods have. For the other players, yeah. and then just so how how far
1: is the OTAs? Uh, how have they gone? The first you know couple ones when you
0: get the coaches get to do a little bit more, right? Yeah, it, you know, it's it's part of the build up. You got phase one. A lot mm-hmm. of classroom time, strength and conditioning. Phase two, we're on the field. Can really try and do work on individual development. Mm-hmm. And, and as you you know, guys can actually go out there and, and walk through some of the plays that you're installing, or defenses you're installing, or special team schemes. So that helps. And you get to phase three. And we're not in a competitive phase. Right. No pads on. There's things that we try to do to make sure as we, it's again another step building up train a lot of the movements that we're going to ask these guys to do. Uh, Certainly, there's things you can work on in the passing game in terms of timing and chemistry you try to build. Mm -hmm. And then defensively, the communication stuff. Again, the ultimate objective is get ourselves in the best shape we can going into training camp, both mentally and physically. Mm
1: -hmm. And what was the genesis of... um you know, you, you know, saying you're going to uh, play them a little bit more in the exhibition season and you got the two joint
0: practices this year as opposed right. to the one last year. Just trying well, to get ready. Well, you know, ready. I think a lot of things, you know, could we have done two last year? Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of logistics that are involved in it, right. depending on who you're playing, you know, where the opposing coach is with his program, and there's a lot that goes into that. We want to do that because it, it helps. There's a lot of things you can get out of it if you're practicing with the right teams. Um, in terms of the, the preseason, I think you're always looking to improve your program. And I think I've gone on record and said, you're a hypocrite. If you're not trying to improve, mm-hmm. there were certain things last year we were working through. We knew we had a lot of young guys that needed, needed to get their feet wet and mm-hmm. develop them. And we also knew that we were thin at some critical spots. Mm-hmm. So maybe we were a little risk averse. Mm-hmm. I think what you're seeing now is 22 teams, completely different than the 21 team. Mm-hmm. We've got, we've got more competition everywhere. Um, And these guys need to play. We got to make sure we're ready to go when we kick off September 11th. But that's it. I mean, it'll be assessed every year, depending on where your team's at. uh, You know what critical areas you you really need to to focus on. Uh, So, Doug and Sala, uh, those are good coaches that you all were. Yeah, I mean, I think in in this business, you always want to have. Good allies. It's a very competitive business, but it doesn't mean you you gotta create useless enemies. I mean, there's we're all trying to do the same thing. We're trying to get our teams ready to go. We know it's competitive. It's not like we're giving away any trade secrets here. People you trust try to organize these practices because mm-hmm. um, they can be very beneficial. You get to you know you, you get sick of going against the same guys. That that hasn't right. changed in football. You get to practice against mm-hmm. maybe a different scheme you want to see. Um, it, it, it's if it's done right, and we'll be smart about it, it can be very beneficial. What you don't want to see is you go up there, and somebody thinks you're gonna, you know, 500 fights. I mean, that does, that's just wasting up, everybody's time. Right. You know, mean, I, I got it. It's like, well, I mean, football yeah. is a is a physical competitive sport, but you, you know, if you if you allow all these fights to happen, you, that, those can't happen in the game. You're right. you're you're, you're, tra- you're basically a lot tra- training them or something that we're not asking them to do, and you can't. Do. And guys get hurt. Mm-hmm. No doubt. Swimming
1: and breaking hands. No swinging doubt. on helmets. Yeah, you've seen it all.
0: Yeah.
1: But uh, well, yeah, that was always the key. They always, the coaches always have it under control. It, it's beneficial for the team. Um, and then uh, just you know, it seems like well, for me, for my perspective, it's been a kind of busy off season. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of uh, a lot of, lot of movement, big movements, and uh, sure. You know, how do y'all? You know, dust is kind of settled now. Uh, what are you? You know, trying to move forward in uh, in your second year here.
0: Yeah, it's, yeah. it's about building a winning culture. You know, mm-hmm. We've got a, a lot of guys that we've brought into this program in the last two years, and some veterans we extended, mm-hmm. and we want to build, keep, continue to build a winning culture. I mean, it's a, it's a competitive league. And, Year to year, no matter what, what your expectations are, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, they, they, that butt ball's kicked off. The expectation is to win, mm-hmm. and that'll never change. So, you know, that's the, the short-term, again, when you asked earlier. I mean, that's the objective. Get this team ready to go, to go compete and win football games. And in long-term, I don't think you ever stop developing your roster. You never stop looking the ways to improve it. And you never stop looking at ways to improve as a coach either.
1: Well, there it is. There uh... it is. A good chunk of our beginning of our talk with Coach Arthur Smith. Uh, Just a couple things, yeah, fortunately seen it all. It's just hard now. It's harder now uh, for them to get their teams ready to play because there's not a lot of real football. There's not a lot of tackling, Uh, you know, limited pad days. I mean, I remember three-a-days, basically. You know, you got to practice in the morning, you know, a more than walk through in the middle, and then you come back at night with a full blown out practice. Um, you know, they don't do that anymore. <laughs> uh, they do a lot in the classroom, a uh, lot of, um, you know, just kind of tap tackling. And so, um, you know, it's hard to see that, uh, you know, lead to good football on Sunday. So uh, these practices with the Jets and the Jaguars are going to be big, especially for the uh, lines, that's where uh, you know the one-on-ones will be important. Uh, you know, any time that your lines lining up against their line, you get to see if you're going to be able to move people and open up holes and so forth. Uh, I just remember that one year the Bengals came here and um, they were 13-0 against the Falcons' uh, offensive line and the one-on-ones. The Bengals did not lose one one battle. Uh, you know, starting from Geno Atkins down to uh the 13th guy, and so that year you kind of knew. And this had to be the Lamar Holmes, Peter Conch year. Uh, y'all can look that up, but um, you know, uh, that that kind of signaled, oh, Falcons might be in a little trouble this year, they can't. Um, they got a tough that was just a tough Bengal front, so you learn a lot in these joint practices and coach. Smith is uh, planning on doing that, so much so that he's got two of them set up. A lot of it was logistics. They couldn't do it last year. And, yeah, you know, the old ones used to be, um, you know, fraught with uh, fights and so forth. I remember the River Falls, uh, Wisconsin ones, it, um, you know, the Chiefs, You, it was notorious for the fighting, and uh, the Bears up in Wisconsin, they would fight a lot, too, and, uh, the coaches had to get back under control and Coach Smith, uh, Mike Smith, got it under control here, you know, so much so. He had to uh, th- uh, send William Moore off the field one day. And uh, Coach Arthur Smith and Doug Peterson and Robert Sala, they must have a lot, uh, great deal of respect for each other, let their teams go out there on the field and uh, prac- jointly practice together. Now let's get on to the defensive front. Let's size up. What he thinks of his defensive front?
0: Hey, that's a completely different age group okay. than we stepped in here, and uh, I appreciate those guys that out that we had last year. That room's completely different. Mm-hmm. You know, Ade now is going into year two, so we drafted and we feel good about. But hopefully, we can make a jump. I'm excited about Lorenzo Carter. Mm-hmm. I really am. I'm excited about uh, the young guys we drafted, D'Angelo right. and AK, and mm-hmm. I'm excited about Quentin Bell. And, Jordan Bravefield, and these guys we got in our program to try to to try to bring them along. You, know, you got big guys. You got Rush back. We do, right? And and, and, um, and Rush is is a guy yeah, that's a really good first second down interior guy. Yeah, Vincent Taylor. Taylor yeah. but he's coming off a knee, so we're bringing him along. You okay. won't see him out there tomorrow. Uh, I'll address all this tomorrow. Okay. There's guys that you'll see. that, You know, uh-huh. not everybody is voluntary. There's guys in different phases of rehab. Uh-huh. But yeah, Rush is back and. You know, I was a guy we picked up after training camp, right? Mm-hmm. And he did a, he carved out a decent role. Hopefully, he can enhance that. Grady got to see TQ and Marlon. Mm-hmm. We need some. We, those guys need somebody needs to take a step in there for yeah, the internal pass or rush. Or? TQ, yeah, TQ. Okay. Um, and Marlon, you know somebody needs to step up. Nick Thurman, he'll have a shot. You know, we got to get uh, some more interior Good. pass rush. Mm-hmm. No doubt. You know we feel. I've always felt this was like a three year overhaul mm-hmm. for the front guys. Whether you want to get OLBs, the, the front five, front four, when you get getting sub, sure. but those guys are all up there. So I call okay. them the front guys, whether you say okay. OLBs or uh, mm-hmm. D line. Base, you're in five down. Mm-hmm. Any kind of sub package, you're going to be in four down. Those outside linebackers play. They're essentially the ends. Right? So. i will kind of seven. Three, four, yeah. So, like, when you're four, saying, like, four, two, where we've invested, well, yeah. hell, we, mm-hmm. we, we drafted out of it. Mm-hmm. Signed Lorenzo Carter. We drafted mm-hmm. Arnold Epicady, We drafted Daniel Ramon. We brought guys in here: Quentin Bell, Jordan Brave. I mean, guys that come in here and, and try to develop and give them shots. And then inside, obviously Grady getting him back was big. Brought Nick Thurman in here. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, in he there, and try to continue to, to develop Marlon and TQ, mm-hmm. Rush. And then we got these three three rookies that our we give an opportunity. opportunity. We've got to find. Another, And it can come from a lot of space. More inside pass rush production.
1: Uh-huh. The key there at the end, more inside pass rush production. Now, let's go back over some of the items here. Uh, Lorenzo Carter, D'Angelo Malone. Uh, he mentioned Quentin Bell and Jordan Baker. Quentin Bell is a good-looking player. We, we might see him uh, on the field this year. Uh, you know, the rush... Uh, Anthony Rush, we're talking about in the middle because you got to have that big guy in the middle. Just think of New England and Will Wilfolk, you know, setting off their 3-4 uh, or Nagata with uh, the Ravens uh, during their times. And, uh, you know, of course, that's uh, or d- the type of defense Dean Pease has been running. So, you know, the big guy, Anthony Rush, Vincent Taylor, they like him. He's out with a knee. Uh, so substantially bigger at the nose. Now, you got Grady on the right playing a 3 4 DN, and he needs Taekwon Graham or Marlon Anderson and or Marlon Anderson to step up. Uh, We did a story on that, so just Google Taekwon Graham, Marlon Davidson, comma, ajc.com. And uh, our intern there, Miss Erica LaFloria, did the story on Taekwon and Marlon. Now, Marlon flashed. He made the Brady interception last year. Ty has been out there. I don't see him getting pushed around, but I need to see him make a play. So that'll be something to watch for the Falcons in the uh, as they get ready to go to, to training camp. Be something to watch in the joint year practices. I thought it was also telling, talked about a three-year overhaul of that position, that position group okay and more interior pass rush just keep repeating that more interior pass rush more interior pass rush now i came across an article here about the tiers of the fronts in the uh in the league 33 different teams so and of course the falcons were in the seventh tier which was the last tier um and we'll talk about the first tier but the last tier uh of teams and their defensive fronts, and this was done by the website, the33rdteam.com. And uh, the seventh tier consists of low-end starter talent across the majority of the front seven. You don't want to hear that. So, But they got young guys, so they can all, you know, turn this around. You know, EbuKT, uh, Malone, Audie, you know, Graham, Davidson, all these guys. So... These units will likely struggle to create pressure at high and consistent level and face issues with stopping the run, especially since they may see a lot of time playing from behind. So seventh-tier team, this front's not well thought of. They don't know if they can stop the run, and that's going to be a struggle for the Falcons. So um, that's where they're thought of uh, on this one website. In the seventh, they list or Davidson, Tyquan Graham, Grady as a front three. Uh, you know, they don't have the nose in there. And then Ebikiti, Deion Jones, Rashawn Evans, and Lorenzo Carter. That could be Deion Jones slash Mikhail Walker. Uh, everything else is straight there. Now, the top tiers, let's just look at the top real quick before we move on to our linebackers. Uh, The Tier 1 consists of the defensive fronts in the NFL that will be exceptional against the run and pass. While there was a larger emphasis put on stopping the pass, both are factors here. Each of these teams has a premier pass-rushing duo with a mix of young and -and up-and-coming talent and established veterans. That's a lot. So they got the pass rushing duo, young talent, up-and-coming talent, and ventures. And those four teams are Tampa Bay, Buffalo, 49ers, and Colts. Uh, You know, Buffalo's up in there. They picked up Von Miller. Uh, They like the mix in Tampa Bay, even without Sue, because they picked up Akeem Hicks. Uh, 49ers, you you know, y'all seen them the last couple years. Uh, uh, What they can do with the Bosa-led crew there. And then um, the 49ers had so much, they traded DeForest Buckner to the Colts. So, um, Pay, DeForest Buckner, this is Matt Ryan's new team, uh, Grover Stewart, Yannick McGogway, uh, Darius Leonard, uh, Bobby Kozari, and Zaire Franklin. So, that's the Colts front. Uh, one of the reasons why, well, Darius Leonard's got an injury issue. We'll see how that works out. But that's a top-tier looking defensive front what the Falcons are trying to build That's the reason why those teams are uh, in the top tier and Falcons in Falcons or in the seventh tier. We're going to take a break. We're going to pause for the cause and we'll get back to the defense here at the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. This is the Bowtie Chronicles from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution.
0: Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile.
1: All right, let's get to the linebackers. We kind of mixed in the linebackers because in this defense, the line, the outside linebackers are really defensive ends too. Uh, so, you know, we already talked about Lorenzo Carter a little bit, Audie Andike, uh Quentin Bell. Uh, so, you know, uh, those are the outside linebackers. We got a little drama inside linebackers. But um, let's hear from Arthur Smith on the linebacker units. Uh, and
0: the linebackers um... – you know, yeah. inside guys. Yeah, yeah. Dion um, got something cleaned up in the off season. Should be ready to to, uh, to go by camp. Mm-hmm. So, but that room is going to be competitive. Mm-hmm. If, he, if so he, everybody's going to have to earn a spot. Like I, like Michael Walker played well at well linebackers right. in, in spots. And Michael was a guy that developed. He was more, you kind of found a home there, and it's going to be a tough room. For whether it's Deion or Michael or Sean Evans, is mm-hmm. extremely motivated and, mm-hmm. and, and uh, doing, yeah, it, it just wants a shot, it proves it. So, right, he's a first-round pick in Tennessee. He had some productive years. Whatever happened, happened, and we have some familiarity. But he's on—he's like Lorenzo. He's on a one-year deal, mm-hmm. and and then you've got Troy. We drafted. We'll bring him along at the right pace, mm-hmm. but you, there's real competition. It's not like somebody's gonna walk in there and you're the anointed. I got it, like. Normally, where you invest, that guy should be playing. Mm-hmm. But again, that's why I appreciate Grady and, and uh, Jake so much. Those guys are so consistent. There's a lot, a lot of responsibility mm-hmm. there. But those guys, those, their habits and the way those guys, I mean, that's why you feel good about it. Mm-hmm. Like, all we're trying to do there is get the right guys. Mm-hmm. It's competitive. And that's the nature of this, the NFL. Mm-hmm. And so that room... However, it shakes out, it's, and I've said this many times, there's no secret there. It's open competition. So that's where we're at.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. Open competition. Dion's got to come back and earn his job. Mikael Walker did a story on him this offseason. He said, Hey, man, I've been ready to start. I'm just waiting for my opportunity. Durian Etheridge was a tackling machine in the exhibition season last year. So, looking forward to seeing him and Troy Anderson out there in the exhibition games. They got to bring Troy along fast. And so, we'll see. Uh, he'll definitely help him on special teams with his speed. Uh, inside linebacker Nick Kowalski, and then Nathan Landum. Landman. Nathan Landman, one of the uh, undrafted free agents. He's no slouch either. So, they... Um, They've redone the whole inside linebacker thing. Coach uh, Dean Pease must have been uh, uh, on the warpath about that this offseason. So, uh, um, you know, Rashawn Evans comes over from the Titans, and uh, I wanted to um, – I reached out to my folks over in Tennessee. What happened with Rashawn Evans? Why was he benched? He was oftentimes shooting the wrong gap, which opened up rushing lanes. There were coverage issues also. They, uh, they, they, they just really started feeling more confident in David Long Jr. And Vrabel loves Zach Cunningham from their days in Houston together. Rashawn can definitely play for Dean Pease. 2019 was probably his best season. So there's what that's what I had on, on, on uh, my book on Rashawn Evans. So there were some issues. But he can play. They just like the other guys better, and uh, they went in that direction. So uh, he's here in Atlanta. He was leading the linebacker in trails, so he'll have a shot there. And just to wrap up the outside guys, you got Lorenzo Carter. It's Jordan Brelford is the other kid. Arnold Ibikite, uh Arde, Quentin Bell, Rashawn Smith, D'Angelo Malone, and then Coney Dean. So, they've got, um, you know, they got eight guys over there. You know, they're going to probably take three or four in the game, a couple on the practice squad. So, there's some opportunities there. If you can get to the quarterback, you got a shot at making this team. So, and uh, finally, we're going to hear from Coach Smith and his thoughts on what to look for in the secondary. Uh, secondary, you, um, I mean, on paper, everything, you know, if Casey can give you a couple – a year, well, he's a two-year guy, right? One year, I Yeah, but look, look, Stabilized
0: Case. Stabilize right corner and sure and find a nickel. But, yeah, we got to make sure, and we're going to bring Isaiah along. He, he's itching to go back out there, but we'll be smart with Isaiah. Uh-huh. You know, Isaiah was a guy that was kind of finding a role with yeah. nickel for us last year, right. and we'll see. He's coming along, and I don't put a time on that. It's not fair to Isaiah, but I promise you, he's, he's itching right. to go. But we're not going to put somebody out there that's not ready. You'll see Zay go through some modified individual, but uh, you know we got to find somebody to play consistent in the nickel spot. Mm-hmm. You know, Darren Hall needs to continue to develop. Um, I'm excited about some of the other guys we brought in. I'm excited to see what D. Alford can do. It's a guy I would mm-hmm. I would want to you know, it's guy you got to put your eye eyes eye on it. and keep an eye on. Yeah, I mean, right. that's a that's a cool mm-hmm. uh, get late in the year by our personnel staff mm-hmm. and a guy that's been here and. And Corey Ballantyne. I mean, we list goes on. Mike Ford, a guy that Marquise has worked with, that's been a really good gunner in this league. And mm-hmm. Should be able to provide you some depth out there. And then um, the young guys
1: should be ready to take over at safety,
0: or if should. not Eric, should. Is there to they should. That's be the plan. Right. But if they're not, if they don't win the job, then it's not fair to the rest of those guys back there at safety. But yeah, there's expectation for Richie and Jalen. Mm-hmm. You know, Eric's back. He'll find a own Dean Marlowe. I mean. Sign a guy at rookie camp, Trey Webb, uh, signed the undrafted guys and, and Hankins. I mean, we're we got good depth back there.
1: Jalen Hawkins, Richie Richie Grant, coach said, "Hey, that's the plan." But if they don't win it, hey, they got some options, and they do. Uh, you got Eric Harris, Tez Tibor, uh, you know Trey Webb, Doug Marler, Brad Hawkins. You got some some options. But the plan, and this is a pretty good-looking plan, is uh, AJ at left, Casey at right, Isaiah at nickel. He might make it back all the way, and then Jalen and Richie Grant. But if Isaiah can't make it all the way back, uh, Darren Hall needs to get better. Mike Ford has been a special teams gunner in this league. Uh, you know, coach told us to look at D. Offer, so we did a story on him. He's a kid from Spalding. Hi, Griffin, Georgia. Uh, played at Tusculum up in Tennessee uh, during the pandemic. Kind of got overlooked. Went to Canada uh, and won a great cup with the uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And we, we talked for a little while. Uh, he just, he talked about how tough it is in Canada because the receivers get that kind of looping, running start. So you like backpedaling. You ain't got to match their speed from a standstill. And so, you're, you're chasing the whole time. So, he uh, he's enjoying the fact that the receivers, he can kind of just start when they start. So, yeah, keep an eye on him. If he can hold up physically, uh, he might be a sleeper there at Nickelback. Uh, he's been playing left and right outside corner, so they're looking at him out there first. Uh, maybe Nickelback's down the road for him. But uh, he's a guy that, you know, we were told to keep an eye on. Uh, Lafayette Pitts is back there. So, um, it's certainly, uh, you want to be too deep everywhere. They look too deep here. Fine. they look three or four deep at nickel and, you know, in the, in the league right now, as we all know, the nickel back is essentially a starter. So uh, a lot of teams playing 11 personnel running three wide receivers out there. And so, and if you got a bum nickel, which, you know, the Falcons had for a while back, um, you know, until they made the adjustment and made that a starter position, uh, you know, you, you, um, you're you going to get torched. You're going to get torched inside all day long. So, they. this looks like a pretty good group here heading into training camp. I'm sure the, uh, the, the personnel men will continue to upgrade, uh, make utilization of the waiver wire and so forth as players uh, come and go. Uh, but everybody's at the 90-man limit right now. So you kind of can be set here until, you know, for the most part for training camp. And then uh, your letter, your your next round of moves will be the first and second cuts. We'll When we come back, we'll have all those dates and everything for you on the cutdowns and so forth. Uh, you know, they changed it a little bit around this year uh, to give them a little bit more roster flexibility uh, to play some players in these games, actually. So that's going to be different to actually see some players playing in the exhibition games. So, um, you know, that's it. That's wrapped up. That's the uh, all defense. We're going to do a quick um, shout-out to the special teams. you are not going to go as in-depth with them. But, you know, up front, they got, to, they got to find an interior pass rush. You got to stop the run. The re- linebacking crew might be revamped. And the big note there, we didn't cover it here, but we'll do it real quick, um, is that, hey, you know, if you got five linebackers, that gives Dean Pease some flexibility in his packages. Now, say Dion comes back and beats out Mikhail Walker. Uh, Dean Pease likes Rashawn Evans. So now you got three inside linebackers. So, hey, maybe you could put one of them on the tight end and beat him up instead of using a nickel bag. Uh, or a free safety over there, so you know they've got a uh, uh, you know a couple If you, if you have uh, four linebackers or three in this case inside linebackers that gives D P some um, flexibility to get creative with the scheme. So and they're gonna you can want to do that by getting your best eleven players on the field, and so keep a watch on that if these guys because linebacker looks like the strongest unit on the team. And, and, and um, it doesn't help you if they're sitting on the sidelines. So they'll figure out a way to get them on the field. And then the secondary, like I said, uh, you know, it was like seven players that had over 112 QB passer ratings on last year. Most of them were gone, uh, um, you know, starting with Fabian Monroe uh, and so forth. So, you know, they, they, they know the coverage got to get tighter. Pass rush got to get better. Got to stop the run first before you get to any all of that. So the uh, Falcons certainly know what they want to do on the defensive side of the ball. They're getting closer to the type of players and type of scheme that Dean Pease wants to run. So that could bode well for, for them in 2022. Quick look at special teams. Uh, they made a late move here in the offseason and picked up punter Bradley Pinion formerly of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the San Francisco 49ers. Our Clemson folks will remember him. He played up there, up the road with the Tigers. Last season, he averaged 42.5 yards per punt, and his career average is 43.7. He's also handled kickoffs throughout his career, so that might be something they could take off a young way plate. Uh, As a punter who also kicks off. Young Koo is back to uh, lead the field goal unit. And we'll see if they're going to let him kick off too. But you have the depth there with Bradley Pinion. Who will have to beat out undrafted rookie Seth Vernon. You know last season the Falcons scrambled at punter for a while. Before landing on Dustin Colquitt. Uh, So they'll come into the season with a, a veteran. Established veteran at the punter spot, and a young kid with a big leg. The long snapper is uh, Liam McCullough for now. Uh, You know, Josh Harris signed with the San Diego Chargers in free agency, and I have Pinion and Desmond Ritter down uh, for the holding position, Avery Williams as the punt returner, and Cameron Baston as the number two punt returner. Of course, Avery's moving over from defensive back to running back. For the Falcons. Uh, the kick returner is Corderell Patterson, four-time pro bowler, backed up by Avery Williams and Cameron Bastion. You know, they um, getting the coverage units together will be a big uh, thing for the Falcons. Uh, they were 22nd in the league in special teams last year, so being able to flip the field and pin people back will be key again. Uh, a lot of speed was drafted. Expect to see some of that speed on special teams. Arnold Tay and Troy Anderson, as possible special teams guys. And, uh, uh, you know, we'll see how those coverage units shape up as they cut down to the 53-man roster uh, closer to the season. So uh, there we have it. Last week we broke down the offense. This week the defense and special teams. So you're ready for training camp. The Falcons are set to open on July the 26th. And Flowery Branch and start getting ready for that September the 11th opener against those people from the Orleans, the black and gold folks from down there, uh, the New Orleans Saints, the Falcons will kick off the season against them. So with that, we're going to ask you to take care of yourself and have a great rest of your week.